What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, March 27th, 2015. You guys listening to episode 210. Uh, man, I never thought when I started this thing I would be saying that, but it's cool to say 210 episodes in. I started four years ago in December, and um, this thing is moving right along, and um I'm thrilled with how it's going. Thank you guys for listening. It's going like that only because of you guys. So thank you. I have a great episode for you guys um, today. I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend, long weekend break. Uh, A lot of cool, funny shit to talk about this week. Um, Performed at the uh, Comics of Foxwoods Casino. Um, Co-headlined that with Joe Bartnick uh, for the All In Tour uh, this week past Thursday to Saturday, so I'm going to talk about that, got um, just a bunch of stuff to talk about, um, you know, you're going to get the full, the full Verzi effect uh, dose here today, so sit back, relax, and get ready to enjoy episode 210, I first, as always, have to shout out uh, the sponsor, and I have a new sponsor that I'm very excited to uh, to talk about and mention today, so I'll introduce you to those uh those great people as well, but um, let's get started. So as uh, as always, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for your most in-depth, best interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Uh, Gonzo Fame run out there by uh, up-and-coming comedian Dave Gavry in Chicago. A uh, ton of great comedians on there, uh, Ralphie May, Doug Stanhope, um, some guy, Paul Verzi, uh, Joe Matarese, you name it. There's just a ton of comedians on there and, uh, he's always adding people on Hannibal Burrs. I mean, the list goes on. It's just a great, um, great website. If you're into comedy and you want to hear, uh, real, no bullshit interviews, but real cool interviews. That's what that site does. So support people doing, um, real stuff like that. So go to gonzofame.com. I am also happy to announce that uh, the Verzi Effect podcast has a new um, sponsor that I'm very excited to be working with. Uh, you know, a lot of times when, you know, a lot of times I said when I get sponsors, I want it to like make sense. You know, I'm not just going to get something just to get it. And this definitely makes sense. Uh, so uh, I'd like to officially announce the sponsorship of Brookings Mediation and John Burton, who... Um, you know, has just been great to talk to. And basically what Brookings Mediation is, is uh, it's an alternative to to litigation. And um, the process is where one person, a mediator, acts on behalf of uh, both parties in a dispute. You know, it could be anything. You know, it can be... um, Divorce, civil lawsuits, contract disputes, labor, and um, what the mediator does is sit down with both parties to try to figure it out, saving people a ton of money on uh, legal fees. You know, it's much less expensive um, than, you know, like, for example, a a divorce lawyer, average divorce lawyer in uh, Westchester County, $7,500 each person. That's $15,000. Okay, that they that can go to their children, that can just go to helping them during that difficult time, uh, and a mediator, uh, John, is uh, fifteen hundred per person. So you're saving so much money, and um, you know even per hour, the average divorce attorney in Westchester is four hundred an hour. Um, the mediation is uh, two hundred. That's what uh, Brookings Mediation does. It's just a absolute no-brainer. It saves people a ton of money, and people don't realize that you don't always need a lawyer. You can go and sit down with a mediator, and the nice thing is it's not like when a judge just rules and that's it and you're shit out of luck. It's no. If you don't like it, you don't have to agree until you do come to an agreement. That's what the um, you know mediation is. So um, John Burton, he's been doing it 27 years. Okay, His uh, initial consultation is always free. He's done it over the phone, via email. They're on a national scope. The website is www.brookingsmediation.com and the toll-free number is 800, I'm sorry, 877-415-7770. That's brookingsmediation.com, 877-415-7770. Okay, um... I would honestly check it out, go to the site, these people are awesome and they're saving people a ton of money and you could be anywhere in the country right now 
And if you're going through something, call up John Burton at Brookings Mediation and, uh, you know, talk to him before you spend tons of money on uh, on lawyers. Okay, so it's, uh, you know, and it's cool because you get to go and like it takes place in this, you know, neutral, you know, there's not, you don't feel like somebody's on your side. You're not sitting there in court and you feel like, man, you know, or somebody's against me as, you know, taking sides. It's in a conference room, you know, um, so you don't have that like court fucking feeling with all these people staring there watching you who's right who's wrong who's the bad guy who's the good guy you're sitting in a conference room with somebody who's completely unbiased just trying to settle it save everybody money and make everybody get out of there feeling okay about it because there's set laws with divorce anyway um and other things like that there's set laws that you're just going to pay and get screwed why not go to a, a mediator it just makes more sense uh, so check it out brookings mediation and john burton um uh, I'm so thrilled to be working with those guys, and I want to send those guys as much business as I can because uh, it just is the shit. It makes a lot of sense. Um, All right, guys, so I want to start. uh, Oh, and of course, All Things Comedy, uh, the Verzi Effect podcast is on All Things Comedy, the best podcast network there is out there. Okay, so um, go to allthingscomedy.com. Follow them on Twitter, at All Things Comedy. You get a ton of amazing podcasts out there. And um, I'm excited that it looks like they will be the label of my debut comedy album, which will be released this July. Okay. Okay. I got the business out of the way. I know some of you new listeners are like, what the fuck, Paul? You know, I'm trying. Hey, we're going to get to it. Relax, everybody. Um, I first want to thank everybody who came out to see me in Cleveland at Hilarities. I headlined out there, and it was an honor to be a part of, uh, you know, Nick Costas and uh, Hilarity's 30-year anniversary. Uh, the greatest comedians in the world have played there, and for them to uh, see me as a comic that's grown there and somebody that they thought belonged there for the 30th anniversary was uh, truly amazing. So thank you. I had a great time headlining, and I got my chocolate martini. Now, if you guys, I talked about it a long time ago when... Uh, I worked out there with Kevin Bozeman, but there's a place called Chocolate Bar, and Kevin Bozeman, who's, it's his fault, but he took me to Chocolate Bar, we were, I shouldn't say that, he didn't take me, we were there, and we were just sitting there watching a game or whatever, and he said, did you ever get a chocolate martini here, and I said, no, I'm not a martini guy, let alone a chocolate martini guy, you know, and I basically, I, I basically, sip this thing and they give you like this chocolate straw made out of chocolate and you sip this martini and it was so insanely delicious it got you fucking buzzed right away I I had a couple of them it's funny I sipped it and said I'm getting another one anyway I was there my last night there I wasn't really drinking after the whole Boston run because we went crazy in Boston and I was like let me just have one and it was so good I ended up having two but that's all it was it was basically two martinis Um, and I was in Cleveland for like almost 50 hours. So I think that that's pretty good when you go to Cleveland. I got to tell you, man, the downtown, the downtown of Cleveland is still so bad that when you walk to the mall, which is less than a five minute walk, you're still like, there's probably a 30% chance I'm getting robbed. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like it, it, downtown Cleveland is so like, and you can't tell who's homeless because like everybody has dirty sneakers. And everybody is just kind of like walking around and like, I mean, you like you see people like dress nice talking to themselves. You see people like it's the weirdest, like the homeless game is so weird and like free for all out there. You just don't know who's got what, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it was ridiculous. I went there, I went to the store, I wanted to buy a pair of sneakers. I ended up not getting sneakers, but every time I walk, I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to stay in my hotel because I feel like there's a chance I'm about to get robbed. And don't get me wrong, the people of Cleveland are great, the comedy crowds are great, the comedy club is the best, it's one of the best in America. Just that downtown area, man, is just, they gotta do something with the, put it this way, there was, there's so many homeless there, there was a homeless in the lobby of my fucking hotel, and I was at the Hyatt. Like, I was at the Hyatt, and when I came down, it was just some dude, hey man, you gotta, it's just like, I think he's just been there so long, that he's just part of the establishment, it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, but I do want to thank everybody who came out to uh, there and uh, see a show, and then I flew back Thursday only to get in my car and drive another almost two hours to Foxwoods Casino where I co-headlined 
with my buddy Joe Bartnick, uh, the hilarious Joe Bartnick. We we co-headlined at Comics of Foxwoods, and uh, we were there from Thursday to Saturday. And uh, it was a, you know, look, it was a great time. The room is definitely not an easy room. I mean, it's like you just see fucking casino crowds, man, putting their feet up, eating French fries. Half of them want to be there, half of them don't. And we had a blast and did our thing in that room, and it was great. And uh, had some fans out there, some genuine fans and podcast listeners and people that came out. Also, people that came out to see me open for Burr at the Wilbur were out there, and it was it was dope, man. It was really cool, um, and I had a really good time. Um, I had a good time out there, smoked a... Smoked a cigar. I got to quit smoking cigars, guys. I'm getting fucked. I mean, I'm just like... I'm like lying to myself saying I'm going to quit. And then I just love a good stick. I got... I need... You know, I think I'm going to have to talk to Brookings Mediation about that. I'm just going to be like, John, you got to sit down between me and my wife here. And you just got to... We got to figure out how many sticks I can have. <laughs> but, uh, no, man. It, it, it was a great time. And uh, then... You know, my body was, I did like, I think I did like, um, I think like 27 shows in 16 days and not like city spots where you're doing 12 minute spots. Like I did like legit, like headlining spots, um, a bunch of spots opening for, for Burr at the Wilbur headlining in, in Cleveland headlining in, um, you know, at Foxwood, co-headlining at Foxwoods, um, co-headlining at, um, Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, just like so much running around and, and flights and driving and doing this. And it's all great things. And I'm not, I'm not, um, complaining about anything, you know, I know people are fucked out. I'd love to, I know. And it's great. And it's amazing for me. It's an amazing thing for my family. And I'm very thankful, humble and all that, but I was fucking tired. And yeah, right. Probably, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't help that after the Wilbur, we started doing shots of whiskey smoking and went to bed late, and then I had to be on a flight the next... That doesn't help. It doesn't help when you say you're going to go and just get a couple of drinks, and you end up drinking and, and smoking and, you know, and feeling like you could sleep for fucking 50 hours the next day, and you just... I mean, no, it doesn't help. Was I my own worst enemy? Of course. But I was working hard, damn it. But then, the best part was, when I came home... I um <laughs> I came home and I was so excited to just be home with my family. And then my wife needed a break so my kids were at my mother-in-law's and we decided to have a little get together, not a big one, just a few people, invite a few people and see who comes out on Sunday um before Memorial Day. So all of a sudden, my comedian friends were like, yeah, man, I'll come up. I'd love to come up. Yeah, can I bring my girl? Yeah. You know, we got the place up here in the country. We got room. And I'm like, yeah, come out. So we end up having this party. We go out shopping for this party. And we're buying food and we're buying liquor and we're buying all kinds of shit for this thing. And uh, I got to tell you, it was an amazing time, an amazing barbecue. We did the secret recipe with the burgers on the grill. Which I could only tell people in person. I can't do it over. I'm sorry. I can't do it over the phone. If I talk to you and you see me and you're at a show or you run up to me and you're like, hey, dude, you got to tell me. I listen to the podcast. What's the secret with the burgers? You probably got a 50-50 chance that I'm going to tell you what the deal is with the burger. But there is a significant, amazing secret, amazing recipe that will change your burger game for life, okay? All you fucking amateurs out there going to the supermarket and getting your raw meat and making a patty and you think you know what you're doing because after you make the patty, you're putting the salt and then the pepper and, and you know, and the onions and all the things that you do and maybe even the garlic salt, all the little tricks. It's amateur hour, okay? You guys are missing something that is so unbelievably... Uh, key and and epic okay uh, vital it just reminded me of when uh, Russell Brand said Tom will be vital when, uh, <laughs> when the guy who was marrying him and Katy Perry's name was Tom or something I think something like that and he said Tom will be vital whatever anyway I'm going off the whatever 
it, I'm telling you, your hamburger game, unless you do what it, you need to do, what I do, what I've learned, and I cannot take credit. This came from my wife's family because my wife said something to me like we're doing my family recipe with the burgers. This was a while ago, over a year. And I'm like, what do you mean recipe with the burgers? How could a burger, it's a burger's a burger. You get ground beef. And she goes, no, it's this. And I was like, and then it just changed the game. It started blowing people's minds. And it just, it's, it freaks, it's, it said it'll freak you out. So you ever at a barbecue with me, okay, and I have any say with what's going on with the burgers, I will change your game for life with the burger, okay? So we get the burgers, which were insane. You know, we did the dogs, and I think we did some sausage or brats or whatever. And um, we just had an amazing time. I got to tell this story about Joe Bartnick because it was so funny. And everyone's like, you got to tell this story in the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I got to tell the story in the podcast. So before people come up, you know, and shout out to everybody who came up. You know, you know who you are, Giannis Pappas and my boys, you know, um, Keenan and, you know, Alexis and his wife and, and Giannis's girl, Brittany. And just, you know, everybody who um, who was up there, my brother Christian, my brother Steven, um, you know, obviously, you know, my wife, Steve Martin, Joe Barnick, whatever. So everybody that came up to the house that day. So before people show up, me and Bartnick, my wife is getting stuff ready. And she just says, hey, can you run to the store? We needed ice and stuff for the beers and whatever. So Bartnick's like, yeah, I'll, I'll run to the store with you. So now you people that don't know, Joe Bartnick is notorious for having um, things happen in public with him. Uh, there are things that I can't even say that's happened with him where let's just say a lot of derogatory and crazy things were said back and forth with Joe. just things. And Joe is the sweetest guy and the nicest guy, but like, and he starts off nice, but if somebody's a dick, he gives them one chance. And then the second time, if they stay a dick, it's really over. Okay. And Joe is really not a guy to fuck with. I can promise you that. And, uh, so anyway, nothing crazy happened, but this was just funny because he doesn't hold any punches, especially if somebody calls him out on something. So we're in the supermarket and, uh, we got the bags of ice and we got everything else we wanted. We're walking around and then we go to the 12 items or less, <laughs> the 12 items or less lane, you know, so it moves quickly, whatever like that. It used to be 10. Now they think they're getting generous and they upped it to, uh, to 12, so there's a lady in front of us, and it's a very hot day, so she's kind of dressed very, very skimpy, you know, short shorts, sandals on and stuff. So she's putting her stuff up there, and the, the belt starts, you know, bringing her items up to the counter, and we're just waiting there, and I'm standing there, I'm just like staring off into space or whatever, just looking around, looking at the magazine rack, whatever I was doing, and uh, she's looking at, she looks at Joe, she was probably, I would say she's probably middle-aged, maybe like, you know, I'd say, yeah, close to, I'd say mid-40s maybe, you know, mid-40s, maybe 50, but if she was 50, she looked really good for 50, and um, so Bartnick is standing there, and she just looks at him, and she goes, uh, are you counting my items, and uh, he goes, <laughs> he goes, no, I'm not, I was actually just looking at your legs, they're nice. And she kind of just puts her head down and like smirks and then goes, well, then how come you have a look of disgust on your face? If you like my legs, why do you look disgusted? And he just fucking points at down and he just goes, yeah, because I really don't like your shoes. And dude, I swear to God, it was like, it was like shock. Like she would, I had to walk away. I literally just put my head down and walk away because the way that it was said, she was wearing like these like Jesus sandals that went like up the ankle or whatever and they were really kind of not nice looking. But just the way she was like, are you looking at my, you know, are you counting my items? And he goes, no, I'm looking at your legs. They're nice. And she's just like, well, why do you have a look at disgusting? And he goes, I don't like your shoes. And she just shut down and I literally instinctively, I just put my head down and just started walking aimlessly into an aisle because I just, just standing there in the discomfort of what happened. I just, I just fucking couldn't. And that is vintage Bartnick. Um, and this all happens before the party. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was so ridiculous. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even, you know, know what to say or do like, 
just just hearing the way it went, like, well, then why do you have a look of disgust? And then this dude just points at you and just goes, I don't like your shoes. And then, like, saying that to a woman is just, it was so hilarious. But it had to be hilarious for me afterwards because, like, I had to wait to just get out of there. <laughs> we were talking about it at the party. My wife lost it. Uh, and if you, if you knew Joe Bartnick, if you saw Joe Bartnick and you knew him, uh, you would be like, it, 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 trust me, it makes it even funnier. So then we go back to the house and we just had a great time. But I'm not going to lie to you guys. Late night, it got insane up here. We we had a bonfire going. You know, we had the marshmallow and the s'mores in my backyard. And we were drinking. And we had the whiskey. And we had the vodka. And we had the beers. And people were smoking stuff. And I'm not going to lie, I got destroyed. By, by f- We went to bed at, f- I think, 5.30 in the morning. And uh, it was not, not a great feeling on Memorial Day. <laughs> you know, you got to tough it out because people lost their lives on that day. But, dude, I was, you know, I was, it was bad. And I had two shows in Manhattan that night. And I literally had to just sleep it off almost until I had to just wake up and go to the city to to perform my two shows because we got, and those vaporizers creep up on you, man. Like the, the weed vaporizer, it's not like smoking weed. It's just like this little relaxer. It's almost like, you know, like a, you know, like that nicotine cigarette thing that, you know, the e-stick, but it's like that. And apparently there's something. And I was like, man, there's nothing in it. So I just kept smoking this thing. And, um, I just, I mean, I don't know the vodka and, and that together. I was just like, wow, you know, it was pretty, uh, yeah. And I'm not like, I'm not big on, you know, doing anything other than drinking, but this night it just got crazy. It got crazy. Uh, I mean, people were falling out of hammocks. People were, uh, you know, and then we got into this huge argument about the Beatles because I said the Beatles music doesn't really move me the way other pe- other music did. And then everyone's like, what are you talking about? They're the Beatles. They're historic. And I'm like, I know they're historic, but they don't move me. So then I make the comment while I'm fucking, you know, really buzzed that Yellow Submarine does nothing for me. And it's not a song I could, like, gives me goosebumps. And then they're like, yeah, but there's so many others. And then I start listing off all these other, you know, bands in the 80s and 90s that moved me more. And we got into that argument. Then we got into some sports argument about LeBron during the game. It was just, it was just one of those nights. But everybody woke up the next day. And I hear my wife and everybody's in my kitchen who slept over. And they're cooking. And people just kept coming into my bedroom saying, Paul, man, we're cooking eggs. We're cooking breakfast. Do you want any? And I was like, nah, and like my brother, and then Giannis, and all these people, and I was just like, I don't understand that, I really don't understand, I don't understand how people can like, just, I don't understand those people that can just pop up and just start fucking whipping up scrambled eggs after a night of that, like, am I the only one, like, who, like I just want to stay down for like, to like, you know, like after a night like that, it's like, okay, like, isn't it understood that we stayed up till five? Like, let's just sleep the whole next day. You know, and my kids, don't get me wrong, I'm not being some, you know, irresponsible ass, so my kids weren't there. I just went on a 27-show run in 16 days all over the place, and I just was, my, one night I wanted to unwind to get a little, you know, hang out, but, like, these people are up, cooking bacon, happy, like, all, like, energetic, talking in the morning, like, they didn't just do what the fuck we did, I don't understand those people, but, uh, it's funny, my wife is on a conversation upstairs, and I just said that, and in unison, she just goes, that's so fucking funny, but she's actually talking to the other person, uh, but it felt like I got feedback, um, so that was the, uh, Memorial Day weekend party, and then, like I said, Monday, I just, Dragged ass down to the city. Not gonna lie, I had a great time down at the stand. I just like I don't know. I just saved it all up for the stage on Monday, and then um, now I am home relaxing, and I kind of have a uh, relaxing week. Relaxing week to get some stuff done, and of course, when you have the relaxing weeks, a ton of business stuff has to get done. But I am psyched, guys, because I got the audio of the album, I got the label, and uh, should be coming out July. So um, you know, we're putting together the. Um, Artwork, we're putting together the final name and artwork and all that. That should be announced definitely um, in the next week or so. So, um, 
Okay, we're going to get into um, unacceptables and all that stuff. Oh, one thing that I wanted to do on the show, I have a loyal listener. And, um, yeah, I have a loyal listener on the show and somebody that loves the Verzi effect. And um, he had, you know, wrote to me and he had said that, um, you know, he had just said that uh, his uh, his father had, uh, had passed. And, um, you know... I just wanted to uh, shout out and give my condolences to a TVE listener, uh, Mark Denton. Um, so, you know, you know, you know, you know, uh, myself to you, just uh, uh, my condolences to the loss um, of your dad and uh, wish you all the uh, the best through this uh, hard time. Want you to stay strong. Thoughts and prayers with you. Thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, anything that this show can do to make you feel better, man, I hope uh, I hope we do that. So uh, I just wanted to to uh, say that to, uh, to Mark Denton. Okay. Um, now I'll get into my unacceptable first and then, uh, I will read the unacceptables that you guys got. We got a lot of stuff to talk about here. I got some sports. I'm going to talk about a movie that I saw last night and, uh, got a lot of, a lot of good shit to, uh, to get to today. So my unacceptable for the week first is, and now it was between the one that I'm going to tell you and some dude, some kid on a Little League team in a frozen yogurt place. Now, I know what you're saying. How are you going to get on a kid? In a, here's why, okay? Here's why. Because this little prick, okay, I was, in a, I was in a Froyo place with my family. Yes, I called it Froyo. Okay, I'm getting domesticated. It was in Connecticut. We're at a frozen yogurt place in Connecticut, and we're excited. My kids are excited. I went out, you know, to dinner with my family because it's been a while since I've been able to do that. I haven't seen them that much, and uh, I wanted to do that. So we go out to dinner, and my kids are like, can we go to frozen yogurt? So we go there, and we're having a good time. And I see this little Little League team outside, but not like little, probably 12, 13-year-old kids, you know. And then while we're sitting there, this other kid, probably 11, 12, is in there getting his yogurt, and one of the kids on the Little League team who's in his uniform decides to run into the place, run up to the kid that I guess he knows, and scare him, and the way he scared him was by screaming at the top of his lungs in like this frozen yogurt place that echoed, and it scared the shit out of not only the kids, me, my wife, like looked, and then the kid just like looked up with like this stupid smile and walked back outside like he was cool, and I swear to God, I want to grab this little cocksucker by his throat, and I, I, if his father, even if his father was there, I was like, why don't you teach this kid some fucking manners, there's babies eating in here, and this asshole, okay, this fucking dork who's playing baseball now and thinks he's gonna do something, he's probably gonna go to fucking Dartmouth, okay, is, is, is screaming in public, it was unacceptable, I wanted to scare the kid, just so his father would say something to me, so I could point and say, why don't you teach your fucking asshole son some manners, you dope, okay, but that's not my unacceptable, uh, my, un- <laughs> my, it should have been, because I'm pissed about it, I'm really pissed about it, like, it was like he, like, looked around like he was cool, like, the kid's either gonna be a future bully, or he's just some nerd who could get away with it in Connecticut, it annoyed the shit out of me, and it still does, my unacceptable is something that could I probably could have affected me or a lot of people in, in an awful way. I'm driving down the highway um, to, I think I was either, was I driving down to pick my daughter up or drop my daughter off? I'm driving down the highway um, and I see a guy in a Harley, like a chopper, you know, with the, the friggin' handlebars are up as high as you could reach, one of those things. And the guy is just flying down the highway with his ZZ Top beard, thinking he's so fucking cool, and his hands are not on the handlebars. So he's got his hands dropped down. He's probably doing 50 or 60 on a highway, and he's so cool because he's so used to driving it, and he knows, and he could handle it. Meanwhile, if this asshole hits a pebble, okay, he's not going to have control of the bike, and he's going to fly into somebody like myself or somebody else out here killing people or killing himself, and then somebody's got to live with killing this ZZ Top asshole or with 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 something somebody that he killed okay it's unacceptable dick first of all you're in a motorcycle which is to keep your hands on it are you really like like you're not on a mongoose at 14 you know riding around with your buddies you know with no hands and one of your dickhead friends is on the back you know uh pegs or whatever 
unbelievable, unacceptable for the week is this fucking guy thinking he's cool riding a chopper without his hands on the bars because because he's cool and he, he's got it under control, you fucking dope. Why don't you read statistics and know how these assholes are dying? What an asshole. Unbelievable, man. I know people, almost everybody I know that had a motorcycle got into accidents. I went to high school with kids that died on motorcycles, rest their soul. I know kids that have had, of like, were on those ninja rockets and they fucking flew down a highway and their body was all scraped up, lucky to be alive. All these people. And this guy is just going to be going down, down the highway with no hands on, you know, with a helmet and stuff. It's just, it's so, it was ridiculous. It annoyed the shit out of me and that's my unacceptable for the week. I feel better now. I feel better. Okay. Here we go. Let's get to your guys' unacceptables. We got a lot of them. And then we will uh, we'll move forward. Okay. So this is from... Oh, actually, I can't say who this is from because I was just told to not say who this is from. Wow. So, all right. Here we go. Uh, okay. Hey, Paul, got an unacceptable for you. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a 23-year-old correction officer, and I work in a jail in upstate New York. Paul, I got to tell you, I'm sick and fucking tired of getting these 40 or 50-year-old grown-ass men uh, coming in for booking, and they try to act like a tough guy, but as soon as they can use the phone, they call their parents, who I assume are elderly, and ask for bail money. Then lose their shit when the parents either can't pay or won't pay. I have seen grown men scream at their mothers over the phone basically because they don't get their way. I usually grab the phone from them, slam it uh, back on the wall, and give them a good ass chewing. I actually had one guy call his mother back in tears to apologize. Hashtag unacceptable. Already in cages. (laughs) Lock them down. Thanks, Paul, for all you do. Hope you are having and continue to have a great week, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's hilarious. And, uh, yeah. I wonder I wonder how many dudes in jail really are, like, tough. And, and I'm going to talk about a movie that had a big part to do with, with jail. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about something that, uh, that I want to I wanna really talk about um, with regards to that. But thank you. Uh, thank you, dude. I appreciate it. Okay. So this one here. This one is from Jay Rodriguez. Jay Rodriguez. And Jay says, um, okay, wait a minute. I got to make sure this dude, okay, so there's a, all right, no, no, okay, here we go. Paul, while leaving my daughter's school today, some lady has two little dogs (laughs) hanging out her driver window, and she is driving like an idiot. When I finally get around her, I look And not only does she have the two dogs in her lap, but she is smoking and texting. Put her in a cage. Hashtag hashtag put her in a cage. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah. I just feel bad for the dog that he's just with some asshole. Or she's with some asshole. I don't know. Um, All right. This one is from uh, Grace Chen. Hey, Paul. Grace from Vancouver here. Unacceptable. Babies. In front row at comedy shows. I was at Mark Maron's show in Vancouver a few weeks ago. He was at the Vogue, the same theater. Wow, I love that. That was one of the that was one of my favorite venues on that whole tour that I did with Burr. The same theater you and Bill played when you were in Vancouver. I was in the front row, uh, empty seat next to me. Thirty minutes into show, a woman carrying a baby. Oh Jesus! Sits down next to me. What the fuck? Babies start to make. Uh, baby starts to make baby noises. Marin says, what the fuck? Has this baby been here the whole time? Mother says, I was sitting over there but couldn't see, so I moved up here. Marin says, you having a good time? Mom responds, I was. Mom didn't laugh once the entire time she was there. Was totally busy tending to her baby and feeding her kid. I have no idea why she was there. She didn't look like she was having a good time. She was totally stone-faced when Marin spoke to her. Marin does an awesome uh, job riffing on the situation and carries on. But the baby keeps making noise every few minutes. Mom finally leaves the front row. Oh, my God but just ends up in the back of the theater with the kid. 
Baby keeps making random noise throughout the rest of the show, and Marin continues to have to deal with it. Unfucking believable. And you know what? All those people were nice to me, and that theater was great. I don't know why that that was allowed. All right, I'm sorry. Let me continue here. Even though uh, it was an all-ages show, why would anybody bring a baby to a comedy show? Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Better yet, why would anybody bring a baby to a comedy show and sit in the front row where they can th- uh, throw off the performer? Totally fucking unacceptable. She seemed like she was... She seemed like a selfish, self-absorbed mother who did not care how her baby affected anyone around her. She moved to the front row because she couldn't see. Yeah, exactly. Um, Her sight lines were more important than the performer's flow and the audience's enjoyment. As a parent and a comedian, do you find this unacceptable? Love you. Love your podcast. Come back to Vancouver. P.S. Your bit about women turning into Olympians before the wedding and then losing it afterwards is one of the best jokes I've ever heard. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know what? The people in Edmonton didn't think so. Uh, But thank you. (laughs) Wow, I can't believe you remember that because I only did that. I did that in so few places. So uh, you're like one of the only people that ever heard me do that joke. you know, so I, I appreciate that. But uh, as a parent and a comedian, do I find that unacceptable? Yeah, I do. And what I also find unacceptable, and this is no disrespect to anybody that works at the Vogue, but the fact that the people at the theater didn't say, look, ma'am, you know, we have, you know, thousands of people here or whatever it holds. I forgot over a thousand people here who paid to see a comedy show, who paid to see a comedian they like and listening to a baby. You know, we're not at a fucking DMV. We're at a live performance here. So I think it's unacceptable on, on, on many levels. I think she's selfish and should have never, if you can't get a babysitter, you don't go to the show. Okay, you find out where the guy is another time and you go where you can enjoy the show. So it's unacceptable on her end. I think it's unacceptable on the establishment because, you know, they've done this long enough. They know. You know, and uh, and what is a performer to do? So yeah, so it's definitely unacceptable, and uh, I appreciate it, man, and and uh, I I appreciate that you're a fan. So thank you so much, uh, Grace. I appreciate it. Um, and you know what the funny thing is? I love how if that woman was told to leave with her baby, if that was the case, she would have carried on this whole fucking thing and probably wrote some blog or or page about how you know how she was treated, and I can't believe it, that's the last time I go to that place, and it's like, no, that's not the case, the case is you're at a live fucking performance, man, okay, you should be held responsible if you bring a drunk blackout friend, let alone a baby who acts like they're blacking out the whole time, a baby doesn't know, you know, it's so ridiculous to me that that, that that's even an issue, like, the, it's just, it doesn't even seem, it's so ridiculous, you're bringing a crying baby to a comedy show, and then you got the nerve. And I, I'll tell you something, she is selfish, because the fact that she moved to the front row with the baby lets you know she wanted uh, Marin to talk about it. And it was all all about her. 100% all about her. Okay, this one is from... Uh, these are good, though, so far. Man, I like these. And don't worry, I'm not going to spend too much time on them, but I got to get to your guys because... Uh, oh, and I got another announcement that I'll make after I do this one. Okay, so this is from um, Hernan Vasolo. And he says, Hey, Paul, I'm sending you this again as I sent it to you a while, uh, you while you were super sick. No worries if it didn't make it onto the podcast. It just felt like this was a gross... Slash nasty, unacceptable. Love your comedy and podcast. Saw you in Calgary uh, with Bill Burr last year. Here's a quick unacceptable. Both my in-laws sitting on the couch watching TV. I step away for a minute to take a phone call. I return to find them both flossing while sitting on the couch. Nasty bits of stuff flying all over the living room and coffee table. Brutal. Put them in a cage. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, yeah. What do you do? What can you do? Really, at the end of the day, what can you do? Um, you know, and it's your, it's your, you know what, they probably felt bad, so like you leaving, I mean, I guess they could have just done it when they went to bed. I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, saying that maybe, maybe they were like, I don't know, like, oh, when he gets up, maybe we could floss real quick, and then you came back, and they were doing it, but you're like, why can't you wait till you get I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to wait until you got back, you know, until you got home or whatever. So, um, let's see when this one is from. Okay. 
This one is okay. This one is from. Did I do this one yet? No, Friday. This one was from from Friday, and this is from AJ Lesher, and he says, "Okay, the picture above was taken in Southern Indiana. Apparently, the drug the drug needle sharing habit is so rabid in the state that these signs are placed near exits by truck stops so truckers don't pick up an infected. Oh my God, infected lot." Uh, Lizards in the area. What an absolute shit show uh, we've got going on here. Play 100% unacceptable. Outbreak. Animals on a loose. Not enough cages. And it's a picture. Let me try to get this. Oh, yeah. And it's a picture of a highway sign that says, Warning, HIV outbreak. Jesus. Jesus. I've never seen that before. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's de- <laughs> that's definitely... Kind of unacceptable. Uh, all right, let me let me get to. Oh, so this is the announcement that I wanted to make to you guys. So listen, I do have a um, I do have a email address, and I will go over those right now. I have an email address you guys can go to for the um, unacceptables. Uh, so you do not have to go to my you do not have to go to my um, Facebook anymore. So from now on, if you guys listen to this and you do, I mean, if you don't have an email address, go to Facebook, but I'm not really going to be checking Facebook messages that much. I mean, if I get them, I get them. But um, the email to go to is unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. That's unacceptablesfortve, obviously the Verzi effect, at gmail.com. So send them to that and you will... um, I will read them. I'll just have that email opened, and I will read them all, and we will go from uh, we will go from there. Okay, so um, okay, just wanted to. Uh, so we do have that. We do have that. All right. Now, let me see here. Let's go to that. I'm gonna go to that. I think I got a couple on that, and we'll do a couple on Twitter, and then we'll be done. All right. And you guys love the... All right, here we go. So, how many do we have on the... The new website has a couple already. Okay, so here we go. This is from Kelly Meyer. Kelly has done a couple of them. Kelly has a IBS situation going. So, sorry this is a bit long. If you choose not to read on TVE, I get it. No, I got you. Okay, so... My wife and I went to this cool little bistro recently on a date night, and I ordered a goat cheese pizza. Kelly, you got to stop doing this to yourself. I had never tried goat cheese before, and while I expected my irritable bowels to have some reaction to it, I didn't realize it would be like a t- 200 shot of, <laughs> of nitrous to the engine. That is my colon. We didn't even make it to dessert. I walked. <laughs> Dude, you got to do, you know what you got to start doing, dude? I'm telling you, man, you can make a million dollars. You got to start just doing YouTube videos of you eating what you want, thinking you're going to get away with it, and then just have somebody film it like a documentary and just keep having, like, don't even show anything graphic. Just, like, have somebody outside the toilet just listening to the absolute fucking horror show that's going on. You'll become, like, fucking famous with millions of hits on it. All right. So anyway, I waddle over to the bathroom area. I have once again put myself in a situation where my asshole must hold on for dear life. (laughs) Again, this is a small restaurant. Like one person at a time in the bathroom, small. Of course, the men's room is occupied because fuck me, right? I know my body, Paul. I've been living with IBS for many years, so... years now so I know I have between 19 and 26 seconds to get to a toilet or my ass is gonna go Hiroshima uh, all over this joint Uh, I look over at the woman's bathroom the woman's door is cracked the light is off I it's (laughs) it's decision time dude your stories about this I swear to god it's like it's like a movie it's decision time you paint the picture I love it Shit my pants or desecrate this lady's bathroom, uh, um, lady's room it is. Do you remember that scene in Dumb and Dumber where Jeff Daniels destroys it? Yes, imagine that, but with substantially more shame and self-loathing. 
And of course, as I reach for the toilet paper, there's a knock on the door. So I yell out just a minute in the best female voice. Oh, that is the greatest high-pitched voice. I wipe frantically. <laughs> I wipe frantically. It'd be funny if it was your wife fucking with you. I wipe frantically and finish up. I flush three times, and it still didn't uh, go down the drain. Wash my hands, open the door, and I'm standing face to face with a smoking hot solid 9.5 blonde. She seems surprised at seeing it, dude. So I must have a convincing uh, woman on the shitter voice. Sorry, I stuttered. Men's room was full, and I... Uh, yeah, as I walked away from the bathroom, I heard her gasp and say, Ugh. I run over to my wife and say, We gotta go. I dropped 200 on the table for what was probably a $100 tab, and we bounced. Uh, you joked several times about my IBS submissions that I should be a writer. I'm considering writing an autobiography. Yes, you should. Autobiography. And it would be a collection of stories about me frantically looking for a toilet. I'm going to call it Desperately Seeking a Shitter. <laughs> uh Put a fucking porta potty in my goddamn cage. Unacceptable. Dude, that is the way you describe it. I'm telling you, man. I've never I've never been more intrigued <laughs> by somebody's shit stories. Like I I've never been because just the way you write them is so funny to me. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, alright. Let's do some quick ones here. So funny, man. Oh, my God, is that funny? All right, let's go to Twitter. And um, <laughs> IBS is hilarious. All right. So here we go. Let's do it. So here's are the uh, Facebooks. I'm sorry, Twitters. What does it say in Boston? Twitter. Twitter guy. You're on a shitter. This guy's on a shitter again, guy. All right, this is from Josh Talkins <laughs> Travargi. All right, whatever. It's Byron of Sidious. So B-Y-R-O-N uh, of S-I-D-I-U-S. Unacceptable. Anybody trying to declare what can or can't be made into a joke. Humor is subjective. Everybody has their own. Yes, that is unacceptable. Um... Don't judge people is the moral. Okay, this is from AP at uh, A.R. Proctor. Uh, water dripped from the ceiling of the subway onto my face. Hashtag probably got age. Hashtag unacceptable. You, the one thing I will say is that you it is a subway. Okay. Um, same guy writes, See a young kid looking out of the yellow cab and then notice an adult is picking the child's nose. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag cage time. Uh, this is from <laughs> Anthony uh, Tararito at uh, T A Tararito. So it's T A L L A R I D O thirty one. Selfie sticks unacceptable. I agree. I think if you're fucking that pompous to walk around with a selfie stick, it's a little. It's a little ridiculous. Um, let's see here. This is from Patrick Dwyer. At uh, E.L. Dwyer 34. Muscle heads at the gym taking selfies in the locker room. Unacceptable. You know what's funny? I was on the plane and this chick was afraid to fly and still taking all these selfies. But like I was flying. I think I was flying to Cleveland. I was either flying to Cleveland or back from Cleveland. And she just was just I think I was flying to Cleveland. And she's just taking selfies, and like by the fifteenth one, I was like, "All right, dude, fucking, you know, you get it. You're on. We get it. You're on a fucking plane." This is from Jason Travis at real underscore travesty fourteen. Unacceptable. Do you even need to say anything? And it's a picture of a uh, car parked basically on the sidewalk. Thank you for the submission. Okay, uh, Chris Frost at MN Frosty Boy. It's a regular. To the person cooking fish in a microwave at work, thanks for nothing, pal. The place stinks. Uh, eat, <laughs> eat it in your cage. Unacceptable. All right. Um, let's do a couple of more here. Oh, yep. Yeah, we always get the foot. Johnny Karate at Johnny. That's uh, I-E underscore karate. Taking your shoes off anywhere except your home or the beach at the Queen's DMV. And he showed a picture. And there's this woman just sitting there with her feet up like she's in a fucking 
church pew with her feet up. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag animals. Um, taking or this is from Dana Ballen at Dana and then B A B O L L E N. Taking gas pumps unacceptable. Shut it. Uh, talking talking gas pumps. I'm sorry. And there's just a thing of the gas pump talking. I'm listening to it right here. Yeah, like they're talking about the coupons. Yes. Thank you for the submission. Um, this is from Justin at JJ Rodman 99. Man pulled out his flaccid dick and started waving it at people in line at Walmart. <laughs> hashtag animal, hashtag neuter him. Uh, dude, it's already. Dude, like, I just could. I don't even know where to begin with that one. Like, at some point, somebody in your family is going to know that not only did you pull out your dick, your soft dick somewhere, it was at a Walmart. I mean, does it get worse? If that's not rock bottom, I have no fucking idea what is. Um, here we go. This is from Max Xavier at Max Xavier 5. Uh, convinced Spanish co-worker that Bluetooth is pronounced Jew-tooth. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> All right. Uh, Creighton James at Creighton James, like the school Creighton and James. Uh, guy at Bodega licking his thumb saying, let's see if it sticks. And signing the, what? Signing the cross on my baby's forehead? Unacceptable? What? A guy at the Bodega is licking his thumb saying, let's see if it sticks. And signing the cross on my baby's, oh my God. Jesus. All right, we'll do a couple more of these, and then we'll go. Um, let's see. Working out at a public gym in flip-flops. Unacceptable. Stupid bitches. Broken toes, please. All right. Uh, then Richard said, oh, boy, Richard Monaster, or said, and anyway, the, 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 the Twitter is NDFSU. And he said, Paul Verzi, a Boston love fest from a New Yorker, hashtag unacceptable. Hey, I can't deny Boston, and I can't deny the people there and the town and the way I was treated and the comedy fans. What do you want me to do? The food was good. It was a good time. And uh, I'm fucking, I'm an adult. I can get over a, a baseball game, you know. I mean, look, I love the Yankees. You know that I love the Yankees. Did you not hear that I told crowds of people, I told thousands and thousands of people in Boston that they're like a chick that lets the Giants come on their face? What else do I have to do? I can't say that I like the city and it's close to me. They saved my mother's life. Uh, this is from Jeremy Steenberger at Hawkaholic27. People who throw empty beer cups into the crowd at a concert and people who throw beer at the singer. Unacceptable. Put them in a cage. All right, guys, uh, that is going to do it for the unacceptables today. Uh, please, um, please, please, uh, let me see this guy, Peter Krasanikowski, Paul Ver, uh, at BN, uh, BFMS guy. Too many unacceptables at Jellystone Campground. Shit on the floor bathrooms, shit on floor bathrooms, sloppy drunks, skimpy outfits, and triple X people. What the hell? All right, I'll leave it at that. Um, yes, you guys, so moving forward, guys, if you want to send me a long one, and thank you for all the unacceptables. I tried to get as many as I can in. Uh, please send me um, the uh, unacceptables to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com, and I will read the longer ones there, and you continue to send them on Twitter on um, the Monday and Tuesday is, is best. Okay, so... Here we go. Got a couple more things to talk about here. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I'm having a good time. You guys listen to episode 210. We got some sports to talk about. We got some movie to talk about. We'll do some plugs. And uh, we'll get out of here. Okay? So, first thing I got to give... I, I, I predicted the Cavaliers and the... Um, you know, I predicted the Cavaliers and the Spurs would be in the final. I was wrong about the Spurs. I was right about the Cavs. The Cavs are in the finals. I got to say, I've never seen LeBron like this. 
This guy is fired up, and you know what? Their bench and the Knicks, the, the Knicks uh, players that they got rid of this year, Shumpert, J.R. Smith, but it's pretty cool to see, and uh, what an amazing story and what an amazing documentary. What an amazing ESPN 30 for 30. This will be the guy left. They burned his jersey. They hated him. He comes back, and he wins one. He's got to win one, though. It's going to be hard against Golden State. Golden State's playing right now. I don't know what else is going on with that, but, you know, that uh, that would be an amazing thing for like the fact that Cleveland, like the fact that LeBron James is in the finals for the fifth year in a row, just goes to show like people, you know. And listen, they hated what he did, they hated that he left. I did too, but he came back, and I hope he does the right thing. And if he brings that thing a championship, that's gonna be one of the greatest sports stories ever. And I'm rooting for that. Um, I'm slowly getting into hockey, but I'm not a hockey guy. But this, this, the Rangers thing is just so crazy. If I was a Rangers fan, I would be losing my mind, like I said. But the fact that they won again and now it goes to Game 7 tomorrow is crazy. So I'm, I'm definitely going to probably watch that. Um, Yankees, you know, I guess I just, I'm just not into baseball. I don't know what to say. And that's pretty much it for sports, everybody. Not, not too much other than the NBA playoffs. But uh, now I want to talk about this movie. I want to talk about the movie that I mentioned uh, last week that I, I got really intrigued by with the um, with the trailer. And um, I met the, um, the uh, writer and director and star of the movie, uh, Johnny Hickey, who came out to the Wilbur to um, see Burr's show. And we met and um, I heard all about this movie, Oxymorons, and I watched it. And I got to say, man, it's one of those movies that like I'm thinking about I'm thinking about it way after I saw it. And and that only happens with movies that are... There was just something so real about it. So, so first of all, my, my review on it is it's one of the most real movies. Like, it's just so insanely real. Like, like it's basically about... I mentioned it before, but I, I want to talk about it in depth now. It's basically about how um, just when Oxycontin hit, and I guess, I, I mean, I'm trying to remember, I, I think it, I, I mean, I remember, like, I had friends whose, like, houses were getting robbed in New Jersey. I had a buddy who was doing comedy, and his uh, his girlfriend, white, no, girlfriend was sick at the time, or she was hurting, she had surgery, so there was Oxycontins, and people were just, like, robbing the house for Oxycontins, and I was just thinking to myself, man, that's some, you know, junky shit to do, you know, and, um, but yeah, that was really a big thing that was going on in, in Boston, in the Charleston t- uh, area of Boston, and, you know, um, the movie The Town that Ben Affleck did where the people were, you know, armed trucks were being robbed and banks were being robbed and, and it happens more in that town. Well, what Johnny did was he did like the real shit of like what was going on with prescription pills and, and Oxycontin specifically being robbed from these pharmacies and then being sold on the streets and getting people addicted and then, you know, that's the gateway drug to, to, to heroin. So, um, I'm watching this and I'm just like, it was so fucking real gritty, you know, like how it like would really go down. And, um, it's just about, you know, these brothers and, and friends in this area who, you know, needed to make money, knew they could make money, Oxycontin hit the scene and they started robbing places to get it. And, um, but there are scenes in this movie, man, where like, you know, I don't want to give anything away. I, I think everybody, I mean, it is like, there. I, I seriously can't remember a time where I was watching, like I was like sitting up and like, I had just, it was, there were some things at the end and, you know, that were getting so intense that I was literally like, holy shit, man, this is great. Like, this is crazy, you know, and just deep and real and and good acting and um I, I man I recommend it it's definitely definitely one of the realest things um there's a scene man there's a jail scene that I was like I mean I don't like I don't want to give anything away but there's a jail jail scene where I was just like man that was one of the most brutal things like that's up there in memory of brutal things I've seen on screen in a movie you know um and it's just, it's cool because it's about like loyalty and it's about family, but it is also about like junkies and deception. Like it's just, it's fuck, it's got all that stuff. Um, you know, it's violent and it's um, really, really just, just a real movie. It, it got no bad reviews anywhere you could look at it. And I can tell you, man, if you want to see a movie that's going to just really be like heavy and kind of hit you um, and, and be real to what it was. Uh, you got to check out Oxymorons. It was, um, 
yeah, it was it was pretty deep, man. So, uh, and it was cool to be able to meet the guy that did it and see how real and a cool dude the guy is. And then, you know, to watch the movie and be like, wow, man, that was... Like, I remember I, I texted him after the movie. I was just like, wow, that was uh, that was heavy. That was heavy, man. You know, and I love movies that are no bullshit. I love movies that are like... Like, you ever know in a movie where you see a movie and you're like, well, if that was real, they would never, like, kill a person like that, you know? Like, there wouldn't be some speech or there wouldn't be some, like, there wouldn't be some corny thing said. Or, like, if you really had it out for somebody and you really had, like, revenge, you wanted to get revenge or somebody did something, like, you would just, like, the way you would do Like, I feel like in this movie when stuff like that happens, it's how it would really happen, you know? There's no like some stupid fucking saying. It just it just is is what would happen, dude. And I uh, I thought it was awesome. So I I think that um, you know the movie is it's one of those movies that like as it grows and it was you know it was number one in its category on Netflix. Um, right now it's on Hulu Plus. I saw it on Hulu Plus, and uh, you guys could check it out there. But go and check out Oxymorons. It was uh, it was is awesome. It was awesome. Check it out. It gets the uh, Verzi effect. You know, you guys know I don't do you guys wrong with movies. So, um, you know, if you got uh, Hulu Plus, uh, I, I don't know if it's on Amazon or anything like that, but I know it's on Hulu Plus because that's where I saw it. If you got that, man, and you got like a smart TV and you got to go check that out. Um, really real in one of those movies that I thought, like today, I was thinking today and I was like, man, that was fucking, that was brutal. Uh, which makes for a good movie. Anytime you see a movie and you forget about it 10 minutes later, it stinks. When you see a movie and like there are parts, you're like, well, I'm never going to forget that part or I'm never going to forget that part. So, um, And uh, so what else? So as far as the plugs that I got, um, I, I'm happy to say that I don't have to fly anywhere. I get to spend time and be with my family right now, which means the world to me. And I just have business things to take care of home and all good things home. But I don't have to get on a fucking airplane. And I don't have to sit down next to somebody who's taking selfies of themselves on an airplane. You know, And I love how people are taking... I love selfish people. They're taking selfies of themselves on an airplane. And then when it's time to turn the phones off because everything... Because you're on a plane, you get freaked out and nervous. It's like, then don't take a selfie that you're excited when meanwhile you're shitting your pants. You know? Um, so I will be... Uh, you could check me out this whole... Uh, you know, just this month. Um, just go to paulverzi.com. I'm going to be in New York City working on new material. Um, not traveling anywhere. I, I don't believe until Pittsburgh in uh, mid to late June. So I will keep you guys updated on that as well. Um, and uh, you know, you can go to my go to my Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V I R Z I. For all you new listeners that are listening, I can't thank you enough. For all you guys that have recently seen me perform stand up and you've never seen me before and you became a fan and now you're here, um, I cannot thank you guys enough. Um, the, the show, it, it continues to grow. It's going to continue to grow because of you guys. And, um, you know, I'm excited about the album coming out and you guys seeing me, uh, at a comedy club, uh, where you're at. And again, please support my, um, please support my sponsors, gonzofame.com best, um, in-depth interviews, uh, with up and coming comedians today. You could find out a whole story in depth about them and my new, my new sponsor, uh, Brookings Mediation, um, and John Burton, who is saving people tons and tons of money um, on legal fees because um, you don't need to do that with, uh, you know, the divorces and the, you know, the the all kinds of things. The civil get it, like you can sit down with a mediator, and you can um, you can just save a ton of money with what they do. And the uh, information that I read about this company and why I was so excited to get this company on board um, was because I was like, oh my God, like anybody who probably goes into a divorce is dreading the amount of money. Meanwhile, the laws are basic and set in stone and you don't have to do that. And that's why I loved going, um, you know, you know, in, into, uh, into business with them. And I was really happy that they were, you know, wanted to come on board. So please check out, um, Brookings Mediation. If you have any issues in your life right now, you know, contract disputes, debt collections, uh, labor, civil lawsuits, please go to Brookings 
www.mediation.com. The toll-free number is 877-415-7770. John's been doing it 27 years. Um, His initial consultation is always free. Okay, he'll do it over the phone, he'll do it email, however you want to do it. It's national. So, you know, check that out. But why would you spend thousands and thousands of dollars when you could spend half of that, less than that? So much less than that by just talking to a, you know, somebody who represents both parties to kind of dispute it easier. He's been saving people money for years. He's not a lawyer, but he's also not a judge who's going to put it in stone. So check out Brookings Mediation and John Burton. Uh, and I'm really happy to uh, to uh, have him on board with a sponsor as I've had um, Gonzo fame. And uh, that's this episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, until episode 211, uh, I will, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you again. Go to my website, paulversey.com, and keep the uh, unacceptables, the longer ones. Uh, send them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. This has been the Verzi Effect 210. I will talk to you guys soon. I'm out.